The following program is intended for mature audiences. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast, Riffs and Rants, with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too. All I know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. Indeed it does, my friend, indeed it does. And we'll be right back, folks, after the first gem of the day.
right. <laughs> That's something that we don't do too often. We, we very, very rarely, correct me if I'm wrong, but we very rarely used Elton John. Very rarely. Amongst our gems. A huge catalog, but very few us kind of tunes. Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny that you say that, but yeah, it, it seems appropriate, though, in this case, it kind of nails it, uh, considering where we're going with this. Uh, that, of course, was Elton John doing the bitches back. It was a second signal. Signal? Second single, blah, 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 from the 1974 album Caribou. And uh, kind of a funny, funny little story behind the title. Um, apparently, lyrically, it was parodying uh, Elton's then emerging celebrity lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And the phrase came from something that Bernie Topp and uh, Elton's writing partner, his mm -hmm. wife, Maxine, used to say uh, whenever Elton got into a bad mood. You know, she'd say, oh, the bitch is back. <laughs> <laughs> And if you think, uh, you think of somebody that can cut a bitch, I'll bet Elton John oh, yeah. is, you know, in the Hall of Fame, top five, maybe even top three. Yeah, sober know? or not, I'm sure he had a razor sharp wit. Oh, yeah, sharp dude, sharp dude. Yeah. And no I, admire, I admire his <laughs> wardrobe selection. I always well, have, there you go. Sure. always will. Yep. But, uh, but yes, as usual, as usual, I think there was a reason that we chose that particular song, John. Yes, yes, there is. For All episode right. number 126. Good God. We're going to dive headfirst into a phenomenon known as the American Karen. Yikes. Now, from 30,000 feet, we all deal with, quote-unquote, Karens in our day-to-day -day life. It would seem. Especially when we're out and about in stores, concerts, even church, probably. It seems more prevalent these days, though, Much it? more prevalent. And it's something you might want to dismiss out of hand as just someone being rude or insensitive or have an inflated sense of self-importance. Just being a nasty human being. That. Yeah. <laughs> but as we're about to find out today, there's a lot more to it than that. Oh, yeah. Well, when you talk about the characteristics that make up a Karen, when you stop and think about it, all right, we're talking an overdeveloped sense of self-importance. Check. Um, overly self, uh, socially conscious. Check. Uh, unhappy, angry, and abusive. Check, check. What's up with that haircut? Woof. Uh, these characteristics kind of fall into the definition of something called narcissism personality disorder. And there we go. Yeah. You know, a, a, a disorder, mind you, a disorder. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh that is on a spectrum. We should point that out. It's on right. a spectrum. But uh, it's characterized by extreme self-involvement that makes a person ignore the needs of those around them. Uh, it's extreme in its frequency. Uh, the person exhibiting these symptoms apparently doesn't understand the effect that their behavior is having around, you know, on the people around them, i.e. they're tone deaf. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're emotionally manipulative. Imagine that. Does that sound like anybody you know? Well, we used to call that mother-in-laws. I... But in this case, yes, it brings several examples to mind. And because of that, I should probably throw out there to everybody, one does not necessarily need to be female or white yes. to be a Karen. Yes, they come in all should. shapes and sizes, yes. age brackets, genders, genders, races, you name it. Yep. Um, These now, characteristics are not mutually exclusive. Not mutually anyone. exclusive. Of any kind. But the fascinating thing is, as you like, look deeper and deeper into this, not only is it a verifiable um, and diagnosable mental disorder, yeah. but it's rampant and it's gaining steam. It's something that's growing in society instead of existing in isolated pockets for easily discernible reasons. Yeah. Okay? And you talk about like, creating the most awkward possible moment when somebody Karen's out. It's yeah. like, what do you do? 
Yeah. You know, everybody around just kind of like freezes. Like, do we yep. look away? Do we stop breathing? What do we do? <laughs> Break out the taser. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's just an awkward moment, you know? Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head in terms of this is why it's, um, well, just so well-known, and that's why it's a topic of discussion today, because it's happening everywhere, and yeah, none of us really know. Now, look, if somebody's nasty to you in, to, in line at the bakery or the deli, what do you do? You, you tend to snap back, sure. okay? yeah. Or, you know, let's watch this. I'm not going to curse here. Okay. You might say, go F yourself, Ooh, right? Nicely done. But it's happening, like, all over the place, and you see videos on YouTube and, and, and Tinder and TikTok and all this other stuff. Where these people are just having complete meltdowns, like a child in a toy aisle at, at a supermarket. Over nothing. Over nothing. You and and the, the degree to which they get nasty and personal is so over the top. Oh, yeah. Well, another, another huge uh, or frequent uh, characteristic of this is uh, emotionally, uh, what's the word? A lack of empathy. Mm-hmm. You know, they just, they, they just they're... they're they don't feel it. They don't hear it. They don't see it. Right. And it, it's just, wow, because you want to hold up a mirror yeah. almost and say, do you, do you understand what you're saying? Do you understand how it's coming across mm-hmm. and how it's being perceived by everybody around you? Right. You know, it's like you take a take a, a moment, I guess you could say, that could be mildly annoying. Like, uh, they got your freaking cafe. Right. Mocha, they make your coffee blah, wrong. Blah, blah, blah. Sure. Order wrong. Mm-hmm. Damn, you know, I'm going to have to stand here for another five minutes. Right. Shit. Do you understand me, you crazy fuck? Yeah, but yeah, they go completely apeshit nuts on you. Uh-huh. And then, yeah, what do you do? What do you do when you're face-to-face with a Karen? Right. How do you react to that? And my sympathy is, you know, especially in retail and restaurant settings, yes. you can't run away, you can't ignore, because of that, that old bullshit axiom, the customer is always right. Uh, oh, are they? I hope whoever made that up is dead like three times over. Yeah, run over by a truck. Right. Twice. Twice. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, never could anything be more false than that statement. Yeah. But they hide behind, you know, despite their out-of-control, irregular behavior, they hide behind all these basic tenets of polite society. Yeah. Excuse me! So they're at one point acting out, but still at the same time playing the role of the victim. Woe is me. Get the manager. I need to talk to somebody. That's a crazy duality, too. Isn't right. It? Because, yeah, you're exactly right. That's exactly what they're, they're doing. They're both of them at the same time, and that throws people off because they're like, should I hate this person? And then if they start crying, you're like, oh, do I feel bad for them now? Like, what's going on yeah, here? Yeah, it's pathological. And it's here's so the thing. manipulative. Like I said, it's, it's getting worse and worse. And now, to our credit, it's rare that I will pat both of us on the back at the same time. Okay. But folks, we did a little research on this. We did. We watched videos and TED Talks and Speeches read a little bit. And right? lectures and yeah. And the thing is, you know, what I found most fascinating is it is kind of a pre-existing condition that lies dormant yeah. until this person experiences certain... Uh, trends and habits and whatnot. Yeah. Whereas normally these might like sleeper cells, you know, <laughs> they they might never act out. But because yeah. of COVID nineteen, with everybody being on lockdown, which is tense enough, yeah, they said a lot of these people who suffer from this condition tend to lean towards extremist uh, thought, and in this case, they would go online find people of like minded thinking, yeah, and go to extremist websites. So. They would say if somebody was slightly racist, they would go towards websites that were perhaps slightly racist. Yeah. Or if they're slightly violent and have a temper, they would go to sites that glorify that, so yeah. on and so forth. Yeah. 
And the minute now they're released back into society, they're kind of subconsciously looking for a reason to unleash yeah. this, this conviction that their beliefs are not only of the utmost importance, but they're right and whatever their, their argument is. Yeah. And they will go after those, whether it be someone of a different color, gender, religion, yeah. that they kind of naturally dislike to begin with. Yeah. Excuse me! Yeah, you know, I'm going to do something that, uh, totally out of character for me, uh, bashing social media, and <laughs> cite that this is a good example of what happens on Twitter, for example, mm -hmm. that is suddenly coming to life in front of you. Right. You know, it's one thing to hide behind your online avatar mm -hmm. and act like this, and sure. that's a fairly common thing. But it's almost like most people know better than to take this into real life. Exactly. But these people, these Karens... Mm -hmm. They cross that imaginary line. They yep. cross that border and really do kind of take advantage of the awkwardness of the scenario yeah. that they create doing The rules this. that are already placed on polite society, they, they twist around to work to their advantage. Yeah. Like, and I hate to, you know, you know cause a comparison here, but like criminals, okay, that's yeah. our, our, our favorite line from Batman Begins, <laughs> you know, criminals thrive on the indulgence of society's understanding. There you go. And at least, and I don't know if this is still like this, because I think people are getting wise to it and or have run out of patience. Yeah. But this whole, you know, there's a hair on my pillow, get me the manager mentality. Yeah. It, it's not flying anymore. Shit, no, man. I believe you get your ass kicked saying something like that, man. Well, I saw the funniest thing just recently online. I, it may have been on MSN.com or whatever. But the way this person carrying out was reacted to, if I'm phrasing that correctly, it was in a retail setting. It was a donut shop or a coffee shop or something mm -hmm. like that. And this person was freaking out over something minuscule and minor, like they got the wrong pastry or something. Right. And everybody in the place, the staff behind the counter, the customers standing around this woman, mm -hmm. ghosted her. Oh, it was a subway. Yeah. The subway where it Was it subway? Yep. Yeah. Yep. They just acted like she did not exist. Completely. Because they, they realized, like, at the same time, that there's no dealing with this lady. None. She was an older lady, uh, southern accent, if I remember correctly. Okay. And, you know, where it picks up, you just see the person behind the counter say, look, I'm not going to deal with you until you show me the proper respect. Yeah, okay? like, like Star Trek. This is the no-win scenario. Exactly. You know? <laughs> the Maru. Exactly. That is the most illogical attitude. <laughs> so, and then, yeah, like I said, the, uh, the people filming would, like, film her on the sly, but they weren't interacting with her. Nope, She's looking at them know. like, would, are you going to do something? And everybody completely ignored her. Yeah. So maybe that's her only defense. It is may to turn very invisible. Well, be. well it, it, in this in this particular case, it totally worked. This this person, yep, you know, said, out. said one or two more stupid, awkward, embarrassing things, yep. and then yeah, eventually went out the door. I remember she paused, finish my sandwich, and looked back just before she went out the door, just almost like yep. a double check to see if she was getting the reaction that she was obviously trying to elicit. Right, wasn't happening. Out the door she went. And you could see instances like this, some you know better than others. Yeah, every day. Yeah, it's not an isolated um, thing by any stretch of imagination anymore. No, and I can't help but believe, like you touched on uh, just a second ago, that the conditions that everybody's dealing with—the pandemic, uh, inflation, these gloom and doom projections of what might happen to the economy sometime mm -hmm. in the next six to 12 months are just exacerbating the situation. Right. These people are feeling more and more helpless. They're feeling more and more isolated mm -hmm. and more and more in need of that 
attention. Right. You know, to, to, to I don't know what. I, just, I guess it somehow, in a weird way, makes them feel better, maybe? Yeah. You know, though I can't, I can't really wrap my brain around that. I can't understand how that would make anybody feel better, but apparently <laughs> it does, you know? And the part of me that, that tries to be, um, I don't know, sympathetic or just trying to you know, understand uh, yeah. the, the whole process, you know, if, if anybody feels rightly or not, that they're being backed into a corner, most of us come out swinging. Yeah. Okay? It's, yeah, it's so a natural I, reaction, sure. I think after, you know, everything that we've collectively learned about this, we understand the, the lashing out. The big question is the development of these Karens. Mm-hmm. We need to do something to stop that. Now, you had said... Um, not just all the bad news and shit that we've already been through, no. but the negativity on everything right now, whether it's just the evening news, regardless of what you personally care about and your affiliations, it's bad news. I mean, yeah. crime is out of control. Inflation is what it is. You yeah. know, the political infighting, all these political commercials nonstop. Yeah. It's almost like you really need to turn off the TV. Yeah, you really do. These days you do need to to regulate your your stimulus, if you will. Mm-hmm. You also need to understand uh, what's behind that stimulus or what's behind that 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 stream of information. I mean, having, you know, worked in mass media, I got a pretty good understanding of how People are manipulated by mm-hmm. it intentionally. And you got to kind of not let yourself be that person. You kind of right. got to understand what's going on. And like you said, turn it the F off. Yeah. And it will regulate that shit. Yep. And, and all, all these instances, because I, I learned a lot of the similar stuff in school, just all my advertising and marketing. Yeah. And yet, if you think back, you know, both of us being slightly long in the tooth, mm. we learned these lessons. Um, Taught in a world and from a world where mass media and social media did not exist. This is true. Okay? This is true. So, for example, um, they used to teach us in, in print advertising how a lot of the old liquor ads used to have skulls right. in the ice cubes. And if you sat there and looked at it, you're like, holy crap. Yeah. They would be like the face, uh, face um, airbrushed skulls, and they altered the appearance of the ice cubes. So okay. unless you were really looking for it, you thought you didn't see oh, it. Oh, that subliminal shit. Right. Yes. Now, a subliminal message here and there may or may not get the desired effect. Right. But bombarding anybody a la Clockwork Orange with, right. your, with the, yes. the Q-tips on your eyelids oh, open, dear Lord. looking yeah. at nothing all day but negative shit and violence and war and Man, crime. I just got to chill just in that reference, just remembering that. Because if you that, think about yeah. it, this is how they, or in this case, tried to deprogram this, this kid. Yeah. But all he did is Escalate it, yep. you know, and we look at it we're like, oh, her, her, look at the science fiction, you, yeah. you Kubrick, you silly goose. Why mm. is that any different than what's actually happening? And we're discussing this as adults. What are kids going to be like now yeah. dealing with this? And I'm sorry, but often the Karens will have the children in tow. So now they're seeing this behavior from their parent. They're going to start growing up thinking this is the norm. Yeah, and it doesn't even really have to be a parent just just witnessing it. Yeah, just uh, kids look because kids soak up everything. Yes, they right? do. Yes, they now do. we said one of the things that that's shocking to us about the whole Karen phenomenon is because we are still subscribing to the the niceties and, and standard politeness of general society. Yeah. But look, that's only a generation away from disappearing. Yeah. When, When's the last time somebody said thank you when you held the door for him? Uh, you know, that's a good question. Or, 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 or God bless you when you sneezed. Or even worse, was insulted by it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And that, right? I mean, there's a lot of that. I think powerlessness that comes from it. That that you know who I am. Yeah, you're nobody. 
yeah. that comes from it. And people can't handle that. No. Because Facebook says I'm special. Mm-hmm. They let me say whatever I want. Look at the likes I get. Right. Look at my likes. Yep. I'm a social influencer on Tickety Face Pock or whatever the hell it's called. Yeah. I hate to break this, <laughs> break this to you, but that's nothing. Or an Instagram model. Meaning what? You oh. got better Photoshop filters than the next guy? Because, yes. honey, I'm looking at you and you ain't all that. Yeah. Yeah. Fear of missing <laughs> out. There's, there's something that we didn't grow up with. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a fairly recent uh, thing that I can't help but think does not contribute to your mental health in a positive right. way. And I always give you lip service when you rail against you know, social media because <laughs> I think it does have some redeeming factors. But I also have to say, honestly, in, in this case, that's where I'm, I'm squarely placing a lot of the blame of the acerbation of this condition and, yeah. and, and the popularity with which it's, it's growing now exponentially. Yeah. You're going to be surrounded with a sea of Karens at, at this point. Yeah, well, what we were touching on you know, a second ago, it's overstimuli. Yeah. Overstimulus, overstimulization, yep. whatever the proper term is, it's just too much. Yep. And yeah, you can't blame somebody in the, in the middle of this of wanting to scream yeah. you know, over the, the most minute thing. Yep. And maybe this is a stretch, but you know, society at large, we're wondering why or where the um, the base employment numbers have gone. People that are running the uh, the supermarket jobs, the retail positions, the fast food, well, they've they've got their fifteen dollars or more now an hour, and yet there's still nobody to work these jobs. Maybe this is part of it. Yeah. Because I'm sure all of these kids at one point have gotten. A Karen confrontation. Oh yeah, and they're like, "Why am I? Why am I doing this?" Well, this it does. Is, you know, yeah. Well, it does seem to come out of a service industry setting most mm-hmm. frequently, and as you and I both know, the service industry is what has suffered the most over what has come out of the pandemic. Definitely. So you've got a breakdown in basic service. You've got a breakdown in customer service that's tripping these people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's a I don't know. It, it's a it, Accumulation. It's like a snowball rolling downhill. And yeah, how do we fix this? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. What do we do about this? And it's, you know, on, 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 the, on the front lines, you would think that these uh, businesses, and they can do this if they're small mom and pop places, and some have, yeah. you know, put up a sign, you know, something a little more colorful than we just don't cater to Karen's. Yeah. You know, the customer's always right, unless you're an asshole or something to that effect. Yeah, stop beating the shit out of my staff, please. Exactly. Yeah. You know, just or just be decent to us. We're here to help you. Yeah. Um, mom and pop, one-off little shops and things can do that. But any corporate setting would be just abhorred because they're, of course, in denial. The customer's always right. Naturally. And we expected people just to sit there and, and you know, get shit thrown at you every day like you're in a monkey cage at the Pittsburgh Zoo, yeah. which, by the way, smells really bad. Does it? <laughs> I want to know how you know this. <laughs> yeah, sorry for another day. Yeah. But, um, yeah, something's, something's got to give, something's got to change, because sadly, it, it's bad enough the way it is, yeah. and because now we know that it is an actual psychological condition, yeah, it it's not going to disappear, no. okay? But you need to do something to curb it. Yeah. And believe me, we're not doing our trick and little here. We're not saying the sky is falling. No. But this problem is going to get worse. And with the spates of, of, of crime and, and violence on the rise in this country, yeah. it's not going to do anything to help that. Because no. in the wrong setting, the non-Karens will hit back. Yeah, yeah, it could, <laughs> could easily get out of control. It and that's when the shit makes up. the evening news. Yeah. Well, I'd be willing to bet and don't think I'm going out on a limb at all on this, that there isn't anyone out there listening to this, you or I, who can't 
recount sometime over the last year or two being in a situation where you felt like you were about to completely lose your shit. Yeah. And you had to strain to keep yourself under control. You do that deep breathing mm -hmm. shit, you know? If anything, we all have to strive to keep it in perspective. Right. You know, just really, because I mean, that, yeah, in the times that I've come that close and, and thought I was going to lose it, break something or someone, <laughs> after the fact, you kind of think, okay, it wasn't quite right. that bad. And given a little more time, you can probably laugh it off. Yeah, you know, very much so. You know, just a quick story before we head into the middle gem. I think I'd mention you. I came out to my car from a store the other day, and the person next to me had parked illegally and pretty much right up against my vehicle. That bastard. Now, here's the thing. Here we For go. For those who have never seen me in real life, <laughs> A, congratulations. <laughs> B, I'm uh, at this point known as Rubenesque. Not a small dude. Not a small dude. Uh, so I need more than a foot between the two vehicles to get in mine. <laughs> so luckily, I was able to shimmy in through the passenger side with no damage to myself or the vehicle, which Did was you amazing. Did you like ripping the front of your pants? Or just, just leave it alone. Yeah, just right. leave it yeah, alone. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I thought to myself, well, you know, this has happened in, in my reckless, misspent youth. Mm. And I ripped everything off of this guy's car with my bare hands, such yeah. as rearview mirrors, yep, spoilers, yep. antenna, just to kind of feel better. Of course. Uh, in this case, I'm thinking to myself, do I do it again? <laughs> but logic won out. And I'm like, well, no, because I'm not a, a shithead anymore. I like to think that at least. Yeah, yeah. And uh, be, you never know, it's, it's breaking a law or but if it's just some, you know, incoherent little old lady yeah. coming out, thought it was a handicapped oh, spot. Yeah. How, how, how does that work when you see that happen and you see grandma come walking out? Right. And then you feel like the biggest dick on the planet. Right. And then, you know? and then you're the asshole. You're the lawbreaker. There you go. Right? There, yep. There's your justice. Yeah. So cooler heads prevailed. And yeah, and now that I can relate a story, it's kind of comical imagining myself trying to shimmy through this thing. There you go, a little perspective, <laughs> a little perspective. And yeah, how many times, you know, and I think we're all probably guilty at least once of doing something stupid like what you were talking about, ripping the car antenna off or punching out the, rear view, the side mirror. <laughs> Ask yourself, does that really make you feel better? Well, it did years ago. Maybe it really did. initially, like a little sugar high, you know, like when you slam that Milky Way bar. <laughs> but... You know, in 30 minutes, you're going to feel sick to your stomach. Right. And I think that's the end result of, of all of these little freakouts, these little Karen episodes. Yep. Unless you are a complete sociopath, <laughs> afterwards, you've got to feel like an ass. Yeah. So you know? here's to everybody just taking a breath, let it pass, so you get some the perspective of the passage of time. Here we go. You'll feel better. Karen's. Take, take a breath. Take a breath. <laughs> On that note, it's time for our big breath known as yes. the Middle Gem. Yes, yes, yes. And another all-star hitter, I believe. I think this was an inspired selection. I got to say, this was a Johnny suggestion. Thank you, thank you. Because I'm pretty much uh, restricted from, from certain groups, among them The Clash, <laughs> James Addiction, Rolling Stones, and yes, folks, David Bowie. But I'm going to... I'm going to take a breath. This isn't a Bowie song I'm, you I'm, would ever have picked. I'm going to keep my perspective, <laughs> like we were just talking right? about, so I don't turn into a hypocrite here, because I love this song, and I think it was an inspired choice. Uh, yes, this is, and it fits right in with, uh, with our theme for the day. And it's got bitch in the title. It does. <laughs> it does. Thank you. Uh, the 1971 David Bowie classic, Queen Bitch. Out. 
freaking standing. So we're going to play this one for you folks. And trust me, we will be back <laughs> in a few more minutes with some more things and stuff. Classic, classic, or maybe a gem. Yes, I think it fits. I think it fits the definition of a gem. It does, as we define gems. Yep, and like I said, it's uh, it's definitely an off the beaten path Bowie tune. It definitely is, and it's it's Bowie at his finest, lyrically speaking. You know okay. the stuff that he was writing back then, and uh, of course, it was from the '71 album Hunky Dory. Uh, and it was inspired by his friendship with Lou Reed and the Velvet Underground at the time with its multiple drag queen references. But even more important, the song was characterized as glam rock or proto-punk at a time when those terms really didn't exist. 
but it foreshadowed the direction Bowie was going in with his very next album, the breakthrough classic, The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. Interesting. Yeah, All right. It was like, we're going this way, guys. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, just the lyrical, as far as I'm concerned, the lyrical masterpiece. Right. You know, he uses the term bippity-boppity hat. It's just like, <laughs> yes, yes. That's only Bowie could do that, you know? Indeed, yeah, indeed. So. Good stuff. And I, uh, as always, you know, here come with this, this erudite, you know, researched uh, opinion, you know, <laughs> music file that you are. And I'm like, well, I like the song because it was in a movie, Run, Fat Boy, Run, with Simon <laughs> Pegg. Just before he had a confrontation with uh, Hank Rosario's junk. Nice. And it just stuck with me. It's a fun little tune. I'm Absolutely. like, I wonder who sings this. <laughs> there you go. All right, then. Good stuff. We're now at the uh, the center point of the program, yes. where we're kind of staying with our topic of the American Karens. Which it's, would make a great, I'm thinking like... A 1950s nuclear paranoia like <laughs> horror film, you know, the attack of the 50 foot Karen. You know, I got you. I, I got it, you. It would just be just epic, you know. Right. Instead of saying things like reefer, <laughs> it would be like she's a Karen. Uh, Reefers. Yes. Could a little, be. little Could paranoia be. there. Yes. Yes. But uh, notwithstanding, all right. Um, you know, the, the Karen phenomenon. Is, you know, now that we have a name for it, Indeed. Uh, has existed for a long time, albeit isolated. Truly has. But the the classic Karen esque character, again, not necessarily female, mm -hmm. has uh, found its way into the heart of Americans everywhere through stage and screen. Of course. So we're gonna share with the uh, with their, our gracious public uh, our top three favorite Karens. Of stage and screen. Art imitating life, folks. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Though I have to say, it wasn't, in the, in the research I found, it wasn't as prevalent as I thought it would be. True. This is true. You know, it, it isn't that common. Yeah. And, uh, and in a lot of ways, I think a lot of the, the films and, and, and roles that we're going to reference existed before the term came out, Karen. It was just right. like... That thing, yeah. you know. But in that same vein, I think after hearing our examples, uh, the good folks at home will have a much better um, mental image of what a Karen is. Yes, thanks to you know the the acting yep, efforts yep. And I have to, of these have, individuals. Yeah, and I have to point out that, that there have been historical, real life oh, examples real, yep, of Karen. Well, the yep. first thing I'm thinking, and we were chatting about this pre-show. Um, Historically, probably, arguably, the greatest Karen of all time was Carrie Nation, um, the radical member of the temperance movement mm -hmm. back that, that uh, presaged uh, prohibition. Right. And, you know, she claimed divine ordination. Ordination. Did you know that was a word? I didn't know that I was a word. I did not know that was a word. <laughs> ordination to promote temperance by destroying bars, you know? Lips that touch liquor shall not touch mine. There you go. You know, she was so entitled that she felt it was perfectly fine to walk into a bar, some, you know, some place where some poor bastard was trying to make a right, living right. and burn the place to the ground. Because her own sense of entitlement yeah, and self-importance. Yeah, if that is not a Karen, mm -hmm. I don't know what is. Reefers. Well, I'm glad you... Uh, let us do it with that with that cliffhanger. So I'm going to start things off with um, yeah. Well, what do you got? My, well, this is my number three, but okay. it's, it's a strong number three. All right. Um, and I, I did mine as you know the actors playing whomever okay. from whatever they were in. Yours don't need to be the same way. Very good. All right. So I'm going to lead off with Miss um, Margaret Hamilton as Almira Gulch 
also known as the Wicked Witch wow. from The Wizard of Oz. Wow. So as you remember in the beginning when everything was black and white, yes. she worked for the bank or some shit, and right. she was going to take the family farm. Yes, I do. It'll get your little dog, too. Yeah, yeah. That's the quintessential... Like, if Leonardo da Vinci had early sketches of a Karen, <laughs> it would be Elmira Gulch. Well, it's just crazy. I don't know. Um, you know, when I first saw The Wizard of Oz when I was a little kid, I didn't get the whole dream sequence right. metaphor, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but, you know, now being an adult with an advanced understanding of how that shit works. Look at you crediting yourself for knowledge. <laughs> yeah, pardon me while I pat <laughs> myself on the back. Um, but, yeah, the, the witch being the, the fictitious uh, extreme... Mm -hmm representation of this person that this poor girl dealt with in reality. You know, that's a wild concept when you think about it because the Wicked Witch in Wizard of Oz disturbed so many children back in the day. Myself included, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. But actually, I was more afraid of Elmira Glutch really? than yeah. I was the Wicked Witch. Well, how's that for a Karen name, Gulch, yeah. you Gulch. know? Right. But you know, which back in the '30s was probably a nickname for vagina. Seriously, <laughs> holy semantics, Batman! <laughs> wow, I hadn't thought of that. Interesting. Yes. Whoa, pregnant pause. Okay, <laughs> but, uh, but do you think that, like these days, with helicopter parents, that the Wizard of Oz would even fly? You know, given how frightening it was. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. By the way, weigh in quickly. Is that a uh, dead midget swing in the background when you play it to Dark Side of the Moon, or is I it just a prop? No, I think it's... Dead think midget? It's, yeah, I think so. Okay. Oh, God. Talk amongst yourselves, folks. Right, right. <laughs> Go ahead, All sir. right, all right. Well, you, you, you lit the candle. We're heading down this road. <laughs> if we're going to talk about, like, disturbing, disturbing cinema, cinematic images... I got to go with uh, the character Annie Wilkes that Kathy Bates played in Misery. Yeah. He didn't get out of the cock a duty car! It's just like... Doo-doo, you're a doo-doo. Scaring the living <laughs> shit out of people who watch that film. But yeah, yeah. That's, that's... Wow, yeah. Uh, frightening on steroids. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think she she meets the basic you know uh, categories. Yeah, completely entitled, completely tone deaf, right? Unaware of the fact that her psychotic behavior is psychotic behavior. Yeah, she's probably more towards the scale of psychotic than I would hope to say most Karens. Pro yeah, probably going from um, uh, mental condition to mental illness yeah. is the leap we're making on that one. But but yeah, when we first started talking about that, it was just like that chick. Yeah. You know? Yep. So anyway, over to you, John. All right. Well, I'd say what, speaking of mental illness on top of mental illness, yes. uh, my number two is going to be uh, the late actress Louise Fletcher as Nurse Ratchet wow. in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Wow. You talk about frightening. Yeah. Frightening because she's just so just... Believable. Well, not just believable, but she's so involved in her own conviction. She's so certain of her own conviction yes. Yes. that she doesn't realize the harm she's doing to these Patience. Yeah. You know? Yep. It, it fits into one of the characteristics we were describing is completely yep. oblivious to. And she feels entitled because she's got, you know, the job or the degree or the name tag or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, Jack Nicholson's characters to, to, you know, his attempts to reach her yeah. fall on deaf ears. She yeah. can't be bothered. To the extent she'll take her psychosis, if you will, mm -hmm. to the extent of, I'll let somebody get lobotomized right. before I change. Yep. Anything. Yeah. Remember how shocked and incredulous she was when one of the inmates attacked her? Yeah. And I was like, what, what did I do? What yeah. did I Again, that's perfect Karenism right yep. there. Totally oblivious. They have no idea how destructive they are. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So, bam, there Good you go. Good call. Good call. <laughs> wow. 
All right. Uh, for my number two, um, a little bit less of a of a uh, nasty creature, if you will. I'm going to go with the Patty DeMarco character that Sarah Silverman played in School of Rock. <laughs> Which I have to chuckle. A, because I love that movie. B, because I begrudgingly find her hysterical, or at least she used to be. Oh, so Sarah Silverman's great. <laughs> She's great. And then just she, she epitomized the, you know, wagging your finger and yep. grow up and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, completely tone deaf to... You know, anything that could be fun mm-hmm. or, you know, fantastical or anything like that. Just the way she, you know, both uh, bashed on, you know... Um, Jack Black. Jack Black's yep. character and the boyfriend yep. that she had. You know, just, <laughs> you know, will you stop with this and grow up and be an adult? Right. You know, total Karen shit. Be miserable. It's your job. Exactly. <laughs> Welcome to adulthood. Life sucks. Yep. Yes. Good one. All right. Well, what do you this, got? Woof, this brings me up to my number one. Okay. Which really is, is the top of the mountain. All okay? right. Okay. I mean, this 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 Karen could launch thunderbolts from Olympus, and it would not surprise Whoa. me. Whoa, out of her ass, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever annoys you more, that's where <laughs> the orifice will cover him. Right. Uh, this, of course, is Faye Dunaway as Joan Crawford oh. and Mommy Dearest. Oh. Don't fuck with me, fellas. This ain't my first time at the rodeo. And we're talking, you know, Ooh, earlier just parts of the movie. Douche chills. Serious yeah. douche chills. I mean, because before the, the cold cream on the face and the whipping with the hanger and the launching of common all over the place. Yes. She was just, she, and she was in full-blown Karen mode and never turned it off. Nurse Ratchet would look at her and go, <laughs> wow. Wow, she wow, needs a nap. Wow, yeah. <laughs> she needs a nap. Whoa. And her regime... Uh, in the mornings with the ice cold water in the face and then wrapping up the face real tight. Yep. It was almost like the early version. And I wonder if they did this tongue-in-cheek in the movie American Psycho. In the intro <laughs> yes. with Christian Bowers, he's describing his yes. routine. Yes, It almost mirrors what Joan Crawford would do in the morning. Yep. But again, it, it speaks to her... Uh, just her need to always be in control of yep. everything yep. and how she would act out Towards loved ones, husbands, kids, the press, her own staff. Yeah. Didn't matter, you know. And every time she was almost a little bit redeemable, she just goes back in a self-serving mode. Yes. I will absolutely destroy that, like, minor redeemable thing that I'm right and don't even challenge me, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to abuse my child. Yes. Wow. All right. Hard to follow that one. Well, actually, I have a a tag team snippet on that since we mentioned Joe Crawford. Please. (laughs) Ironically... Um, I have a cousin who lives in New York. Okay, uh, has uh, three little girls. Now they're grown. They're out of college, basically. Yep. And their babysitter when they were younger was the woman that played the young. Uh, what was her name? Joan Crawford's daughter, the one that takes all the abuse. Oh yes, Carol. Oh. Carol was it Carol Ann? That's the poltergeist chick, right? Katie, Carol, I forget. Yes. But yeah, it was that I know chick you're that, talking about. Yeah, yeah. That had the little blonde girl yep. that, that yep. acted. That poor victim. Right. And yeah. and when he first told me that, just like matter of factly, because yeah, she's doing like local theater and whatnot. And I'm kind of like, do you ever get afraid leaving them alone with her? Like, what if she wow. was flashbacks to the movie Jesus, or something? Seriously, you know? man. But wow. no, apparently she was great and they, they stayed friends all these years and whatnot. So yeah, that's, that's my connection funny. to fame. No kidding. <laughs> wow. All right. All right. Bring a little reality to the topic. Yep. Okay. Okay. Um, this one is 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 more of a, I don't know, a baby Karen, a Karen in the making. Uh, and, and before I go here, I do want to asterisk a couple oh. of honorable mentions. Since we talked about, you know, it, it's not gender specific, uh-huh. uh, I did notice that in doing research on this, 
that the character of Ross Geller from Friends that David Schwimmer played uh-huh. came up frequently as a good example of a male Karen. Interesting. And I got to say, it was kind of interesting Schwimmer was cast as an asshole officer in Band of Brothers. Oh, yeah. Yep. You know, from what I understand, the guy, perfectly nice guy, very, very talented actor, did uh-huh. Broadway and, and, you know, too much acclaim and whatnot, but he seems to have that douchebag thing down. <laughs> you know? So a good example, and the, 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 the squirmy prick he played in Six Days, Seven Nights mm-hmm. with the la- late Anne Heche. Right. Um, another example. Um, so, yeah, it's not gender specific necessarily. This is true. Just wanted to throw that in there, even scales out a little bit, yep. lest we be accused of something. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so, yes, my number one, Baby Karen in the Making, the character of Regina George in Mean Girls. Okay. You do not come to a party at my house with Gretchen and then scam on some poor, innocent girl right in front of us three days later. She's not interested. Do you want to have sex with him? No, thank you. Good. So it's settled. So you can go shave your back now. Played by one of my favorite actresses, Rachel McAdams. I was horrified to see Rachel do this character because I like Rachel McAdams. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. You know, but she was like totally, you could see her growing up to be like Amanda Priestley mm. from The Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> like, right. She's going to be just a like Karen on steroids, mm-hmm. you know, just completely oblivious to the, you know, the damage that she's doing to everybody around her. Right. Um, just, yeah, uh, 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 one of those. Kind of biblical, you should have taken that kid to the river kind of thing. You know? <laughs> wow. You yeah, you should have ended that like coming right out of the gate, man. You know, But a credit to Rachel McAdams and a credit to any actor or actress that makes, makes us absolutely hate their character. Yes. You know, that's them doing their job. You know, yep. and, and yeah, the Regina George character in Mean Girls was like, oh my God. Yep. That was just out of control. Now, I had entered the, the argument, folks, as Michael and I were, were kicking this around. And he, you know, being a big fan of Star Wars, he looked shocked and appalled. Uh, but I was drawing a lot of parallels from Princess Leia yeah. in the first Star Wars movie to a Karen. Yeah. Because she's a, a bit of a bossy bitch. She had the hair. She well, had, she the, had hair the hair. Thing, and that, you know? That's usually part of being a Karen. It's it some is. kind of weird ass hair. It is. What's up with the hair? But she was bossing around Chewbacca. I recognized your foul stench when I was brought on board. Yeah, she's she's mounting off to Han Solo, who's Slap, the captain of the ship, yeah, right? Slapping Luke around. So that's a little short for a stormtrooper. It's like her talking to the manager, yeah, you know. Yeah, totally. Airplane gets blown up. Boo-hoo, It happens. Yeah, you, you know. call this a rescue, it's right? Like, yeah, and just we're gonna get killed on your behalf, and you're giving a shit. What? <laughs> yeah, total Karen stuff. Wow. But then she kind of redeemed herself after that, and yeah. the bikini helped. And, yeah, totally. You know, Jedi. Totally. But yep, yep, yep. Anyway, moving on. Yes. <laughs> So that's our, our, our second segment. Just uh, Again, we hope that that cleared and, and brought into focus uh, the unique personages we were trying to map out for you earlier. Yeah, it's more complicated than you thought, people. Right. And remember, you know, be careful because the next person you interact with could be a Karen. <sighs> On that note, yes. it's time for our third gem. Ah, good timing, good timing. And we're going full-blown, well, pseudo Whimsical. I absolutely love this call. Because absolutely if there was call. If there was like three rock bands, okay? Not necessarily punk or new wave or anything, but just rock bands yeah. that you could label as whimsical, what would they be? Oh, without a doubt, these guys 
capture. Well, these guys are in the top three. Capture it, you know. <laughs> I mean, it would be up there. I would set other bands like the Scissor Sisters come to mind. Wow, you know, right. it's, it's that's just, eclectic. Yeah, it's just you know they have fun with it. They just totally have fun with uh-huh. it. You know, they take the mold and they crush it, yeah. and and they do it smiling and whimsical and sarcastic. And like very very intelligent too, I might add. Hmm. You know, these guys knew exactly what they were doing, and and did it absolutely brilliantly, absolutely brilliantly. So we'll yeah. have to flesh that out someday. You know, but for our argumentative purposes, yes. Today uh, we're going to bring with third jam by the B 52s Yes, a little ditty of theirs called Planet Claire. Which runs about yeah four minutes. Nice. It's half instrumental, but it's wacky out there instrumentals. So if you've got a cocktail in your hand, drink it now. Enjoy the sounds of Planet Claire, and we'll be right back with some things and stuff.
Jesus from Mars Or one of the seven stars that shine B-52's tune of all time. Which is ironic, because me, it comes in my top three, Yeah, and I probably, it was in the forefront of my mind, so I probably heard it recently on uh, first first tracks or whatever it is I listened to on Sirius. Okay. Um, yeah, it's it's a wacky tune. Yeah, yeah, it's the epitome of B-52's wackiness. It Self-indulgent really wackiness, but again, the instrumental, the, the instrumental portion could be like from a sci-fi movie from the 50s. Oh, God, yeah. <coughs> oh, yeah. Well, it would come as no shock then that it was based on the 1959 Dwayne Eddy instrumental guitar classic, Peter Gunn. There you go. That was what there you that go. song. Yep. You know? And, of course, it was off of the B-52's like, legendary 1979 debut album. It was the follow-up to Rock Lobster. So <laughs> if you didn't think Rock Lobster was irreverent enough, <laughs> right. here you go. Planet Claire. And I challenge anybody, anybody, to tell me what that song was about. Yeah. And you know what? I don't think the twos care. Yeah. I really don't. You know, it was kind of like the ultimate in-joke. Yep. They knew. If you did, great. If you didn't, mm, they didn't really care. And we were going to go with Private Idaho because it almost, in a way, tied in with the, you know, the mental stasis yeah, of, yeah, of the Yeah, yeah, we toyed with that, another twos classic. But then we're like, nah, you know what? Let's go with the B-52s because... Just because. Every, every now and again, we will play a song just because. We do do that. However, there However. was a tie-in. There was a tie-in. And that tie-in was earlier this week? Uh, maybe two weeks ago. Two, two weeks, weeks ago? Yep. Yeah. Um, I think it's a, it's a definite nod to your preeminence as a band if you get added to... The, the Classic Rock Showcase, yes, indeed. You have, it's a plateau. You have achieved something. Which was triggered by them uh, going out currently on tour, their last tour. Unfortunately, yes. They, so they that's going to be it. They you have know. announced that this is the last tour of the B-52s. And I thought to myself, self, is, is there room in the showcase for the B-52s, or, or are they too new wave-ish? And I'm thinking to myself, well, no, because you know, when you listen to their songs, they're at least as good as any number of garage rock bands oh, that are out is. there. I'm going to use my gratuitous F-bomb uh, uh, <laughs> allotment today and just say, fuck it, it's the B-52s, man. Come on. See, you know? I wish my world was as simple as yours, <laughs> where you just do things on a whim. Everything is cold and yeah, no. Oh, know, my God, I am I a Karen? I know. It's been that kind of episode, though. It really has. <laughs> You know, I don't want to go self-diagnosing myself. Ah, don't go there. There might be a little Karen in all of us. That could be disturbing. It's like The Walking Dead. Like they're all infected with the zombie thing. Maybe we're all Karens, and it's just waiting to come out. That's scary. That's Twilight Zone shit right there. Yeah, it is. It is. 
But like I said, you know, attack of the fifty foot Karen. <laughs> it's out there. It just is. It's that's that's this the nature of this episode. Indeed. And that we capped it off with a B fifty two tune. B yeah. B fifty two tune. B fifty two tune. Did you just soil yourself? Is that yeah. right? Is that right? Yeah. I think that's appropriate, damn it. I think it's very appropriate. And it's also appropriate to note when and speaking of the B fifty twos, that yes. about halfway during their um musical career as a band um, they made it official that, you know, the first half, you didn't need the apostrophe between the 52 and the S. This is significant. But now, the second half, you had to have that. That was their, you know... That's, that's the way that's things progress. thing. That's it, you know? <laughs> and again, if it's the twos, I'm not arguing. It's like, okay, you know, you came from Planet Claire. Right, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> she drove a Plymouth satellite. Yes, and like I said to you, uh, Plymouth is their car of choice. It is the official car in, uh, of the B-52s. Love Shack, where they yeah. uh, hop in my... Oh, no, he says Chrysler. Still, it's still really? a Chrysler well, product. Chrysler yeah. Plymouth, yeah. It's as big as a whale, and it's about to set sail. Pretty Woo! <laughs> and that's how it goes. <laughs> that's enough of that for that earworm yeah. gets stuck okay. in my head. Right, right, right. So also of note, just want to fill everybody in, uh, yes. this uh, podcast, as it's known... Mm. Uh, crossed a 12,000 download mark, wow. which in and of itself is kind of an inauspicious number. However, my co-pilot, Michael, graciously added, John, how many podcasts get 12,000 downloads? So yeah. I'm like, well, no, you got a point there. It's humbling. It yeah. is. It is. And it's, and it's a compliment where you appreciate it. Sure. You know, we take nothing for granted. Yep. Uh, and uh, and yeah, thank you, thank you to everybody out there who listens. Thank well, you. Well, it's all the people that like me. I mean, I guess you've got a following is? in Seattle or some shit. Really? Do you really? Maybe L.A. for the references, but uh, it's all sure? me. It's it's the meat eaters in the Bible Belt. That I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. They're fair sitting enough. there around the fire. Ring. I want to hear him talk about the gays again. Ding. <laughs> God love the carnivores. God love the carnivores. But yes. I, I I won't do that because that's just well. You could turn on any news channel and get that divisiveness. <laughs> We're uniters here, not dividers. Hells to the air. And speaking of divider, well, we just divided you from an hour of your time, so it's time for us to bid you adieu. <laughs> Until the next time, we do whatever it is we do here on Earth and Rants. Irreverent that we are. Indeed. So, as always, I'm Johnny Teflon. And I'm Michael Sean Lee. And we'll see you all on the flip side.